The reading this morning is taken from John chapter 21 and verses 1 to 14. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them, and they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment round him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred meters. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread and gave it to them, and he did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Over the last few weeks, we've been thinking about encounters that people had with Jesus after the resurrection. And so our story for today finds the disciples away from Jerusalem and back in Galilee. They had had their uh, their hopes and dreams shattered, their thoughts of uh, a new kingdom with them and some positions of uh, power and authority, they, they were gone. Their leader had been killed, they had seen that happen, and yet somehow it seems that he's alive again. I, I'm pretty sure they didn't understand any of that. In fact, the gospel writers tell us that even although they saw Jesus a number of times, that they ate with him, they watched him ascend to heaven, even then, some of them still doubted. I don't know if that rings true with you. Maybe there's been times in your life when you felt close to God, but something happened, and now you're wondering where God is. Maybe at some time in the past, God has given you a promise, and it hasn't happened yet, and you feel like you're running out of time. Or maybe you feel that you've let God down and there is no way back for you. Yes, you're here, but you're really just going through the motions. Well, this week and next week, we're going to see that Jesus reminds those disciples and us that he is in charge, that he rose from the dead, that he is alive and he reigns victorious forever, that he has a plan for his people and that there is always another chance with him. So I want to just take a few moments to look at the story, to see what it tells us about Jesus and about how the disciples responded, how we should respond. The first thing is that in the story, Jesus is revealed. 
They didn't get it. They saw a man. They saw someone standing at the shore, but they didn't understand that it was Jesus. But as the story goes on, Jesus is revealed. The first thing about that is he appears at the right time. Jesus appears at the right time. It's always according to his time, to his plan, to his purpose. And sometimes we get upset by that because we want it to be in our time, in our plan, in our purpose, in our way. Maybe, you know, it's that Peter's denial of Jesus had stayed with him. And he's thinking, you know, I I failed as a disciple. Everything I promised to do, well, I, I just didn't do it. So I'm just going to go back to what I know best. And what I know best is fishing. So I'm going to go fishing. For many of the disciples, going to Galilee was home territory. And so perhaps they felt it offered a degree of safety from the authorities and being away from Jerusalem was better. It may be, in fact, that the disciples were in Galilee because that's where Jesus and the angels on Resurrection Day had told them that he would go and meet them. But the truth is, we don't know. What we do know is that they did what most of us do when we're not sure of the future. We keep on doing what we know. These guys knew how to fish. And so they went fishing. Jesus also appears at a time of need. They had fished all night. They were doing what they were good at with the resources they had. I mean, they had fishing boats. They had fishing nets. They knew that business. And they used what they knew and what they had. And they caught nothing. It was only when they listened to Jesus and did what he told them that they caught more fish than they could possibly imagine. But you see, this is a powerful story in itself, but it's powerful for another reason. They had already been here. They had already seen this before. In Luke chapter 11, verses 1, sorry, verse 5, Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, sorry, Jesus did the same thing. He showed up just after they had been out fishing all night. They were cleaning their nets, They were ready to go home and Jesus showed up and he said to them, look, going to lend me your boat for a bit till I go out because I want to speak to all of these people who have gathered in this crowd. So, all right, okay, (laughs) here we go. So they, they went out. Now, I don't know how long Jesus preached. An hour, two hours, won't be as long as that this morning, just in case you're worried. But we, but we don't know. But all of that time, these disciples who've been out all night, they're sitting there. You know, I mean, they didn't have a watch, but you can imagine. You know. And then Jesus says to them, just put out a little bit further and throw in your nets. Really? We've, we've just cleaned them. We've just fixed them. Really? Yeah, come on. Let's go. And they caught so much fish that the nets began to break. And then they had to call their pals in the other boat. Come on and help us. We've got too many fish.
when they obeyed, they were successful. They caught the fish. And it's at that point that they begin to follow Jesus. And so here's Jesus having set this whole thing up again. He knows that they feel like failures. He knows that their their hope has disappeared and that they are uncertain about what's going to happen. The dream of the kingdom has died within them. But he takes them back to where it started. He takes them back to the beginning, to where they first met him, and he starts them again. After everything that's happened, the great news is that even if we go back to our old ways, Jesus is willing to start us again. He's willing to start over. He reminds them of that first sense of awe. The first sense of wonder. You know, when, when, when Peter, on that first occasion, sees what happened and he gets down on his knees in front of Jesus and he says, my Lord and my God, get away from me because you're too much for me. John, who wrote this gospel, later writes in the last book we have in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, he writes to the church at Ephesus. And he says that they have lost their first love. They have lost that sense of awe and wonder in the presence of God. They've lost that passion that they had for Jesus when they first started to follow him. And I wonder if there's a challenge there for us after two years of COVID. At the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he taught his disciples. um, In Luke uh, chapter 5, verses 10 and 11, he says, don't be afraid. They've seen this miracle. They've seen him, you know, doing that and and all the fish and the nets breaking and all of that stuff. And what what does he say to them? He says what he always says, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled up their boats on the shore. They left everything and they followed him. So today's story is a reminder for them of that earlier call to follow him. It wasn't an accident. It was Jesus at the right time. So he appears at the right time. He appears at their time of need. And he appears with compassion. I don't want us to miss the essence of the story. Yes, Jesus showed his divine power in this miracle, but he also demonstrates practical human concern for his friends. He calls them friends, and he helps them to catch fish. That's pretty good. Not bad for a morning. He's promised that his grace will always be enough for us, his people. Always. Verse 9 says, when they landed, they saw a fire of burning coal there with fish on it and some bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you've just caught. Jesus, you see, didn't need them to catch fish for him. He had already provided his own Jesus doesn't need us 
to build his kingdom. He could do that perfectly well on his own. But he has graciously encouraged our service. Not because he needs us to do anything, but because he chooses to use you and I to build his kingdom. He gives us gifts that we are expected to use to build his kingdom. And we're told that at this point, not one of the seven who had gone fishing doubted who it was who was speaking to them. They knew it was Jesus. And you can just imagine that as Jesus stood there and he took the bread and the fish, that in their heads they would go back to the feeding of the 5,000 or the feeding of the 4,000. Maybe Peter standing there looking remembers the day when he paid the tax man from a coin, from a fish. Maybe they're even thinking back to the story they had heard from the two people that Jesus met on the way to Emmaus, when it was when they sat down to eat and Jesus took bread and broke it that they understood who he was. Or maybe they're even thinking back to that night when Jesus was betrayed, when he instituted what we now call the Lord's Supper, when he gave them bread and wine and asked them to share it as a memorial. Jesus cares for his body, the church. He wants us to be nourished and healthy, not emaciated, hungry, or destitute. He provides the example of how we should care for our own bodies. He already knew that they hadn't caught anything. So why did he ask? If he knows everything, why did he ask? Well, he asked them so that they had to recognize their need. They hadn't caught any fish. They had nothing to eat. And they recognized that. And in doing so, they recognized the reliance on him for all of their needs to be met. You know, he had the bread there. He had the fish cooking before they caught 153 fish. He was ready for them. He had that blessing ready, prepared. They had their boat. They had their nets. But when they did it in their own strength, they caught nothing. And when they did it Jesus' way, they got far more than they could handle. We need to pray that we are using our resources in a way that honors Jesus. We need to pray for guidance and for wisdom. We need to pray for his kingdom to come among us. And I wonder, I wonder, what has he already prepared for us? What is he asking us to be faithful and obedient in? so that we receive what is prepared for us. Because he's always ahead of us. And we have to follow. But we can trust Jesus to provide.
So he appears at the right time. He appears at the time of need. His appearance is compassionate. And lastly, his appearance is powerful. In some ways, it's yet another fish miracle. Do you know, it's another fish, you know. <laughs> um, but actually, it's not normal. They didn't go out every day and catch 153 fish. This is Jesus doing something supernatural by natural means. And he directs them specifically with the where and the how. Throw your nets over that side. Following Jesus' direction gets a powerful and positive result. So the question for us is, do we trust our own instincts and our own logic? Or do we trust Jesus to provide? Throw your net on the right side of the boat and you'll find some fish. (laughs) His direction is clear and powerful. And when they did it, they were blessed. And so what was the response to the revelation of Jesus? Because their response, actually, I think, should be our response to Jesus. It should be the response of all of those who are followers of Jesus. John who calls himself the disciple Jesus loved, his best friend. Sometimes we imagine that Jesus maybe didn't have a best friend. And we think, oh, that can't be right, you know, because he loves everybody. But Jesus had a best friend, and this was him. It was John. And he spent more time with John and Peter and James than the others. Such is life. But here he is. This one who was his best friend hadn't recognized him on the shore. But as soon as he sees this miracle, as soon as he sees the net bulging with fish, he is the one who goes, it's the Lord. You see, the people who are closest to Jesus will recognize his work first and profess Jesus is Lord. And then we have Peter. Peter was always the one that stuck his foot in it and got it wrong and you know, did all this. Earlier there's a story where Jesus appears and, and Peter says, Do you know, let me walk in the water to you. That was one of the things about my call to ministry. Um, and he did, he got out of the boat. The only one that got out of the boat. The other sat there going, oh, what else he doing? But Peter got out of the boat and he, he walked a little bit towards Jesus. I used to wonder if when he began to sink, Jesus kind of went over and dragged him and kind of, you know, he's, he's, he's kind of dragging him through the water, you know, with the waves and all that. Kind of, no, he lifted him up. He said, come on back. Come on, get in the boat. Right? He gets him in the boat. Peter's that one. And, and when he hears John say it's the Lord, he does something really strange. In fact, he does the opposite of what you would think he should do. He took his big coat that he had taken off and he put it on to jump in the water. Well, why would you do that? Do you know, normally you would take it off to jump in the water. I suspect it's because he didn't want to appear naked before Jesus. He was ashamed. 
He had let Jesus down. He had denied Jesus three times. And yet here's Jesus. And he wants to be with him. He really does love him. But he's embarrassed. And he wants to be dressed. But he's off and running before anybody else could stop him. I wish I was more of a Peter sometimes. Just just go, just go and get out there and do it. To, to come to Jesus is to revere Jesus as Lord and to obey him as Lord. So he jumps into the water and he swims to the shore. The other disciples are dragging the, the, the nets in and the fish. They're getting the boat onto land. And as soon as they get in, Jesus says to them, bring some of the fish that you caught and we'll cook it as well. And who's the first one mentioned? Peter. He went back and he helped them to drag the stuff ashore. He didn't say, oh, do you know, I got here first. I, I was enjoying being in your presence. I'm not going back to help them. Jesus said, go and get fish and bring it. And he said, yes, Lord, I'm off. And he went with them and he got the fish. <laughs> he reveres Jesus in his obedience. The rest of the disciples aren't mentioned specifically, but one thing is certain. They showed themselves to be devoted followers of Jesus. They weren't as flamboyant as Peter. They weren't as profound as John, but they were careful and honest, mindful, faithful people, not attention-seeking, just devout Jesus followers. They were working hard. They were standing close by to help to drag the fish to shore. They were aware of the work that was to be done, and they were simply getting on with it in the presence of the risen Jesus. And their example reminds us that we are called to serve Jesus and that we are all different with different gifts and abilities that we bring to the task that he's given us. Some will be more flamboyant. Some will be more profound. Many will simply get on with the task at hand. What were you called to be? Because there's loads of opportunities. Everyone has a part to play. And my prayer is that each of us will know the presence of the risen Jesus in our lives. That we will understand his call on our life. That we'll be strengthened by him in the power of the Spirit and the love of the Father. Amen.